listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Today's scripture reading is 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 27. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, and that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run, that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Wow, it is great to be here together. Uh, It has been uh, almost four months now since we have been in this place together as God's people to worship. And of course, there are so many people who want to be here who can't. Uh, Those who maybe have young children who really would have a hard time keeping masks on, or those with health challenges, and they've had to make the decision to do the hard but right thing to stay home out of concern for others. All of us have had to exercise a lot of self-discipline in the last few months because everything takes twice as long and it's three times as frustrating as normal. Uh, My wife and daughter went to go get uh, the COVID antibody test uh, in the last week or so, and you can't just walk up to the testing center. You have to go online and register and tell them uh, you want the test, and then you just drive up, and someone's supposed to come out and greet you and you know, like let you come in one at a time to do the test. So Amelia went online and registered, and she and Isabel were sitting in the car, and they were waiting and waiting and waiting. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, Amelia had to leave and go get gas because she had to be running the air conditioning, And she kept calling repeatedly like, hey, just want you to know we're still out here waiting. Uh, We're going to go get gas. We're coming back and couldn't get anyone to answer the phone. Uh, Finally, after an hour and a half, someone walks out of the building and connects with Amelia and says, oh, were you waiting? Our computer system hasn't been working. We didn't know you were here, but now it's five o'clock and we're done for the day. So you have to go home. You know how much self-control it takes to not let the things that are in your head come out of your mouth in a moment like that, right? It's, uh, it's 
frustrating uh, to wear a mask to worship and to sing, or you know, I'd have to pre- preach behind a sneeze shield uh, when you you want to be able to move around and, and connect with people. Uh, for me, it's it's hard seeing so many of you that I haven't seen in months to to not go up and give you a big hug. And others of you are very glad to have your personal space protected by uh, government edict at this point. Today we're finishing up our last look at this series in the fruit of the Spirit that Paul outlined for us in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The the word that Paul uses in that passage and that we heard in Titus, self-controlled, upright lives, it it comes from this uh, root word that means to master, to have control over, uh, to restrain. Uh, it, it's related to old words like temperance and chastity. And we don't use those words much anymore, right, kids? I mean, I don't even know when we've heard those words. And if we think about them, we might think of temperance in terms of what? Like prohibition and uh, alcohol, drinking alcohol or chastity just around uh, being faithful in our marriage vows that we've made and, and how we use our bodies. But Temperance or self-control is about a lot more than just saying no to things that might hurt us. Ancient philosophers talked about temperance as one of the cardinal, the most important virtues. It was about controlling ourselves, controlling our natural drives and desires so that they don't dominate us, they don't destroy us ultimately. And, And as Christians, ancient followers of Christ affirmed that being unable to control our desires and able to control ourselves can lead to destruction, can lead to dehumanizing ourselves. But what is it that distinguishes the fruit of the spirit of self-control from just normal self-discipline? What is it that makes it different from what we can produce in our own sort of moral effort and self-improvement? What Paul is picturing in this passage is something very similar, but much bigger than just self-control. For example, beyond just preaching behind this, you know, plexiglass, that the preacher today is going to try and exercise self-control out of concern for others to not preach very long and to have a service that's maybe about an hour because we are glad to have kids in worship with us and, uh, and, and watching at home. Paul's picturing something just bigger than saying no to things that could hurt us. The fruit of self-control is a process of self-discipline for the sake of other people because of the prize. It's a process of self-discipline for the sake of other people because of the prize. That's what we're going to look at this morning. So if you haven't already, go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 9. We don't have any black Bibles in the seats underneath in front of you because we've taken out all the papers that could potentially carry disease. So go ahead and open up whatever Bible you have available to 1 Corinthians 9, a process of self-discipline. Paul is saying here that self-discipline is not mainly an event or an experience, although it often feels that way. It is a choice that results from a process of training ourselves. It's supernatural cooperation with the Holy Spirit to train ourselves in godliness. But again, that's not the way it often feels. Self-control often feels like a a demand in the moment, right? Like, don't hit your brother. Or, where are your manners? 
or let other people go first. But there's a big difference between trying to exercise self-control and training ourselves in self-control. I got to spend some time this last week uh, up in Michigan on a small inland lake with Amelia's family. Uh, And her brother-in-law and our nephew uh, are really good at water sports, skiing and surfing, wakeboarding. And we went out on uh, my brother-in-law's boat and uh, he was trying to help me get up and, you know, stand up on the surfboard. And I, I couldn't get my balance under me. I, you know, I couldn't do the crunch the right way. And when I did get my balance, I couldn't keep my grip on the rope. Uh, I, I got a, a lot of laughs from my family out of my uh, bad attempts at wake surfing. And I got a lot of uh, lake water up my nose. My nephew, who's 19, has been water surfing, wakeboarding basically his whole life. So he gets out, and he stands up right away, and he throws the rope back in the boat, and he's surfing around like this, and he's bending down and touching the, the waves, and he like does a little kickflip and hops up on the board, and he almost completes like a 360. And I tried in the moment to surf in the water, but I had not trained myself for it. He spent his whole life training to be able to do those kinds of things, so it came kind of naturally to him. That's the point of training versus trying. It's helping me learn how to do something so that it becomes a part of who I am, kind of a second nature. Look at, look at how Paul puts it in verse 25. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. So I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air. I discipline my body and keep it under control. We train ourselves so that we'll be able to exercise self-discipline when the need arises. And that's where a coach, for example, can help us. Someone who's good at what we're trying to do. Someone who can point out the flaws. Someone who can show us how to, how to improve my stance, how to, how to improve my swing or my stride to make the ball uh, fly farther or straighter. And Even in the little time on that wakeboard in the lake, I was better than when I started because I had a coach. My brother-in-law, my nephew, could show me what to do and and help me improve. And the Holy Spirit, we could say, is a little bit like a coach, but obviously he's so much more than that. He brings God's life, word to life in our hearts and in our minds. And, And he grows us in not just knowing what to do, but actually shaping us so that we want to do it and then actually empowering us to be able to do what God has called us to do. In any situation, you know, God, of course, could intervene and do something miraculous, right? And maybe sometimes that's that's kind of our hope. Like, I'm I'm in this bad situation and I just hope God's going to do something here. Maybe we've experienced that. Like, I don't don't know where those words came from or uh, I don't know why I didn't get angry in that moment. But the way God normally works is this slow, steady process of growing us in the character of Christ as we shape ourselves, as we train ourselves by kids, by saying things like please and thank you, uh, by asking permission, by letting others go first. It's a way of training our bodies, our minds, and our spirits for the people God's going to bring around us and the situations he's going to put us in. See, how do I become a patient person? 
It's because when I'm tempted to be impatient, I choose to remember the patience of Christ to me instead of screaming and pulling my hair out. And it, and it looks like I've been doing some of that. But how do I become a gentle person? It's because I remember and ask the Spirit to help me emulate the gentleness that God has shown to me in Christ. I remind myself of Jesus' humility and, and his kindness when I'm tempted to lash out verbally at people. How do I become a generous person? It's because I'm asking God to help me let go of what I would want to keep for myself in order to bless somebody else. And we never grow beyond this. I mean, Paul is writing this as a mature follower of Jesus Christ. So we take on these disciplines of self-control to help us grow to look more like Jesus. So here's the question. How am I intentionally disciplining myself for godliness? What does that look like in my life? To ask God to help me grow by disciplining myself to look like Jesus. But the important thing here that draws out the distinction between you know, worldly, just ordinary self-control and what we're talking about is this is not for me. I mean, that's the way we often think about self-control, right? I will study hard and get good grades so I can get a good job. I will learn hygiene and manners so that I can impress someone that I want to like me, right? Like, I'm, I'm not going to find anyone to, to date me if I don't bathe and, and I'm a rude jerk, so I'll clean myself up. I save money and I plan so that I can retire well. All those things are not bad. and In fact, they're normal, they're understandable, but, but this is different. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control for the sake of other people. Look at how Paul puts it in verse 19. He says, I'm disciplining myself to demonstrate Jesus' love. To... Uh, though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them, that I might introduce more of them to Jesus. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. To those without the law, I became with the, like those outside the law. To the weak, I became like the weak. I've become all things to all people, so that by all means, I might save some. God frees us in Christ, uh, just as we sang, but Freedom is not the goal. Freedom is a tool. It's a process. Looking like Jesus and introducing people to him is the goal. So we have to constantly fight the temptation to use our freedom to serve ourselves. Self-control then looks like taking time to know God's word because we have to know what it says in order to be able to point people to the hope that there is in Christ. I, I, learning more of God's truth, not just so that I can know things for me, but so that more of Jesus would be reflected in my life to the people that he puts me around. So that means self-control is listening empathetically to other people so I can understand them and love them and relate to them. Daryl Davis is an African-American musician. Uh, he had a white man come up to him one time after a show and ask him, man, where did a black guy learn to play piano like Jerry Lee Lewis? That, that's, supposed, that's the joke, right? Because Daryl then patiently explained to this man, it was actually black people who invented ragtime and the blues and 
boogie-woogie music that was unpopularized by white people. The, the two kept talking, and they developed a friendship, and Daryl came to discover that this man was the head of the local chapter of the Ku Klux Klan. And Daryl started listening and became friends with this man and with dozens of men in the KKK. And over the decades that he's been doing this, he has seen 200 people leave the KKK because he has listened to them and befriended them and reached out to them. Now, if a black man can reach out to people in the Ku Klux Klan, as followers of Jesus, we ought to be able to reach out and listen to understand people who say black lives matter or blue lives matter. See, our our culture is trying to pull everyone apart and put us in boxes and make us hate and judge one another. Christ-like self-control means I'm not going to be identified, for example, by a political party. So to, to paraphrase Paul, to the Democrats, I affirm what is good in democratic policies. To Republicans, I affirm what is good in Republican platforms. Among patriots, I affirm what is good in our nation's history and values and achievements. And and to people who experience injustice in America, I affirm the tragic, painful, and wicked parts of our nation's past and present that need to be addressed. See, sometimes our response to people is, oh my gosh, what they believe is so stupid. It's wrong, it's offensive, it's outrageous, I can't believe they think that. And then we write them off and then we walk away, self-justified and with no opportunity to connect with them. I don't need self-control for people I agree with. I need self-control around people that I want to judge and condemn and withdraw from. Here's the question to ask ourselves. What parties or people seem outrageous or offensive or stupid to me? And then how am I going to exercise self-control for their good? Not to make me look good, but to love them in the name of Christ so that I can introduce them to the Savior who loves them, just like he loves me. I stretch and I challenge and I humble and I grow myself so that I can help others see the beauty of Jesus and his gospel. That's the goal, right? And that's hard, because I'd rather put people in neat little boxes and write them off. But self-control is not disciplining myself to advance my egos or my agenda. I discipline myself for the sake of other people because of the prize. Because of the prize. Did you catch how Paul talked about that in verse 23? I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with all those people that I'm trying to reach in the blessings of the gospel. And and he goes on to say, don't you know that in the race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. They exercise self-control to receive a perishable wreath, and we do it to receive an imperishable reward, an imperishable crown. Do Do you get the point of these athletic metaphors, right? I mean, Paul's writing into a sports-oriented culture, and and they have these games every year where the runners run and the winner gets the crown, but the crown is going to fade. The the medals are going to 
disappear at some point, and, and the names of the winners will be forgotten. Instead, he's saying, run, be as disciplined as those people because of the greater goal, the imperishable ultimate reward that is at the end for us. And if you think about it, that makes sense because we all have a prize that we are running towards. We, we all are structuring our lives towards something, right? We all want something. You, you remember the story about the tortoise and the hare that we're going to have a race, right? The, the turtle says, I can beat you in a foot race or a, would it, a paw race. I, anyway, so the turtle says, uh, the tortoise, the rabbit says, okay, this is easy. Line up and let's go. And the rabbit takes off like a flash and he gets so far ahead that he decides, man, I, I've got this in the bag. I'm just going to lie down and take a nap. And the tortoise slowly works his way and ends up winning. The rabbit and the turtle had different goals in mind. The turtle was single-mindedly focused on winning the race. The rabbit wanted to win the race, but not as much as he wanted a nap at that moment. Now, sometimes a nap is exactly the right thing to do. And sometimes running hard and pushing ourselves is the right thing to do. The only way to know at any time whether I should be running or napping or eating or having coffee with my neighbor or working on a project is by whatever the goal is that I'm running towards. It's the only way we can know what we should do. For example, you know, health is a good goal. If it's because I want to be a good manager of the physical resources that God has entrusted to me, that means I might need to exercise more. I might need to eat less. I might need to change my diet and eat more healthy foods. Or, or it might mean I need to spend less time on Netflix or on TV or the internet at night so that I can get good sleep. It might mean I need to exercise less because I put too much emphasis on my outward appearance. Self-control is disciplining myself for the sake of other people because of the prize. Whatever the prize is, whatever my hope is, is going to be determining the discipline that I put in. Paul talks about rewards. He talks about crowns, wreaths. It's about knowing God's approval. It's hearing his smile. It's it's like Joey talked about in the passage last week about the, the parable of the wise and the foolish managers. It's hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. You disciplined yourself because you loved your master and wanted to do a good job of him. Paul wrote in Titus, remember how Jesus has come to redeem us from lawlessness, from foolishness, to turn our lives around so that we would look like him. I mean, why have we come to Christ at all? It's because we've seen love and joy and beauty and forgiveness and hope and purpose and community and satisfaction for what our souls were made for. We've come because that's Jesus and that's the life he offers to us. He's rescued us from ourselves and our projects at self-glorification. And that's what God is working out in us right now. But the great, the blessed hope is that we will see Jesus one day in his glory. We will see him face to face. 
and all the discipline, all the denial, all, all the duty, it will seem like nothing compared to the glory and the joy and the beauty of seeing our Savior and our Lord. When that is my hope, I discipline myself for the sake of the gospel so that I would share in its blessings today and eternally. You know, we say virtue is its own reward. Like just being a good person is is its own good in itself. And, And maybe we struggle to believe that because it's hard to see it. We don't experience it maybe as immediately as other rewards. Uh, like the coffee mug that Joey has that says, abs are great, but have you heard of donuts? The donuts are right here. The Spirit empowers us to live with a focus on a prize that is greater and a goal that is higher and a satisfaction that will never disappoint us. Here's the question for us to ask ourselves. Do I really believe the prize will be worth it? Do I really believe that seeing Jesus, becoming like him, and growing myself in my ability to rejoice in him will be worth all the discipline and the self-control? I have to keep the finish in mind to stay strong in the race. You see why we talk now about all these flavors of this one fruit of the Spirit? Because keeping the end in sight, for example, means I I exercise self-control by showing patience at someone that's taking too long or a process that's taking too long or they're not doing it the way I think it should be done. And and self-control with the prize in mind for the sake of others leads me to respond with, Patience. Self-control looks like faithfulness to stay at what God's called me to and where he has me and what he has for me to do when I want to quit and do something easier or more rewarding or less difficult. Self-control looks like refusing to judge people for wearing masks or not wearing masks, even though there may be real concerns one way or the other. But it means I'm, I'm not going to get drawn into that because that's not the ultimate issue. The ultimate prize, the ultimate reward is Christ and the gospel. Self-control likes, looks like loving people that I have a hard time loving. It, it looks like gentleness and humility when I want people to notice and admire me instead of noticing and admiring Jesus. Self-control looks like kindness when I want to lash out at others. The Spirit helps us grow in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness because that's what Jesus is like. That's what God has called me to. That is what I am heading towards. So I engage in a process of self-discipline for the sake of other people because of the prize. Let's run the race to obtain the prize. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much that Jesus has come to redeem us from lawlessness, from self-focus, from selfishness, from even the inability to discipline ourselves, or at least 
He's redeemed us and rescued us from merely disciplining ourselves for our own sake. And you've called us into a life that is so much greater and higher, a life that looks like you. Oh, Jesus, help us by your Spirit to grow in reflecting more of the fruit of your life in self-control that looks like love and patience and kindness for the sake of other people whom you love, that we would share in the blessings of your life, your gospel, your joy, your glory. Oh, encourage us, strengthen us, help us, Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.